it's been a great morning already so far, and there are so many things to celebrate and thank God for. You might be sitting here if you're a regular at church. You know today is also Membership Sunday. I haven't forgotten. We are going to be doing that towards the end of the message this morning. Um, my name is Hannah. For those that don't know me, um, I'm married to Gareth, and together we lead Revive Church, and we're so glad to welcome you here this morning. If you're a visitor, if you are friends or family of Jack and Meg, a big warm welcome to you again. And if you're just here and you think, actually, I just dropped in to be a bit nosy this morning, welcome to church. This is how we do church here. It might be a bit different to what you're used to. You might be thinking, what have I walked into this morning? We just want you to feel comfortable to be part of the family today, to enjoy a cup of tea, to just talk, party, do whatever you need to do this morning just to make yourself feel part of what's going on here today. So um, most of you that um, come to church will know that Jonah's journey has kind of run parallel to our own little journey in our family. So I can remember the day that Jack bounced into church very, very excitedly. And it wasn't quite the 12-week point, but you could just see he was like a bouncing bunny. And, um, and he came and he just said to me really quietly, he said, Hannah, I've got something I need to tell you. I said, okay. And meanwhile, I was keeping a very straight face through the whole thing. And I was like, that's really exciting, Jack. He said, we're not telling very many people yet. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I managed to keep a very, very straight face because little did Jack and Meg know that we were two weeks behind them with our own little baby. Um, but I managed to keep a straight face and said, oh, that's amazing. And he said, and it's a whole new... I was like, yes, it is, Jack. Uh, <laughs> it's been just a real joy to share that journey of Jonah and that he's got a little friend called Lily who they uh, go to toddlers and do things together. And, you know, you go through all these little phases of life, the weaning, the sleepless nights, the teething. It's all happening together at the same time. So do you feel there's a great connection there? And I know that... As Gareth said, in this church, we love children. We love the noise that they bring. We love the mess that they bring. We love the fact that they are this generation. They're not the next generation. They're the church now. And we are really thankful to God. We have an incredible opportunity to invest in them today, invest in them now, and to see them grow and flourish into the boys and girls and the men and women that they are going to be. So, you may be wondering what's happening next in the program. Well, this morning, I'm going to start just to introduce the next series that's going to be all about gifts. You might be here thinking, I don't really understand everything that happens in church. This is just going to be about 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to unpack our next series, our like little introduction. And then at the end of that, we're going to be welcoming some people into church membership. So as we come together we thank God for the great gift that Jonah is to the church. And we've just celebrated that together. And for Jack and Meg and the whole family and us as a whole church, we have an incredible opportunity to see this incredible gift that Jonah is, to bless him and to encourage him and to see him raised up to be all that God has called him to be. And when we think about gifts, I don't know about you, immediately like you might think of a present and you might think of something to unwrap some of you might think a bit more deeply and think about the gifts that we have, the gifts and talents that we have. Um, I don't know if anybody has crossed their mind and when they think of gifts at the moment, this is a very current, particularly in our household. And if I hear the song, we don't talk about Bruno one more time, I think I might go crazy. But there's been a little bit of a, um, what's the word? Uh, there's been a bit of excitement 
probably in every child's life if they've seen the film Encanto. So you might be wondering, is she about to preach about Encanto? Don't worry, I am not. I'll be quite glad not to speak about it ever again. But the film Encanto is very interesting because it's drawn attention to a lot of people, not just children, but grown-ups. I know two grown-ups in this church, not just me and Gareth, but who said they even sat and watched this and they cried at the end. And I was thinking, what is it about this film? But it's all about discovering your gift. And the key character is a very normal girl, and she doesn't know what her gift is. In fact, all the other children in the village keep asking her, what's your gift? They're trying to find it out, they're trying to work it out. And she's a bit lost, because everyone in her family has got these incredible gifts, but she's like, I don't know what my gift is. And she goes on an incredible journey to discover it, and I'm not going to ruin the story for you. But I think there's something in all of us that resonates with that. What gift has God given me? Do I have any gifts? Actually, I'd quite like the gift that they've got over there, because I'd much prefer that than what I think I have. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't even know what my gift is. As we go through this series... We're going to be unpacking the gifts of the Holy Spirit specifically, but I'm just going to touch on the gifts that are mentioned throughout the Bible, and I just want to unpack that together this morning, just for a few moments to share with you, and I hope that by the end of this next 15 minutes, you know that God has got a plan and a purpose for your life, and he's got gifts, and he's got talents, and he's got things that he's given you to do that are specific to you because you are unique He has made you and designed you specifically as you are today. And I just want to encourage you this morning as we unpack this together. So in the Bible, there are three different types of gifts. There are motivational gifts that you find in Romans chapter 12. There are ministry gifts that we find in Ephesians chapter 4. And there are manifestation gifts, which are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the outward demonstration of something going on on the inside. And I'm going to touch on all of these. And as a church... In the next three weeks, not today, because it would take far too long, we'll be here till, I don't know, all day really. Um, But the manifestation gifts, the spiritual gifts, we're going to be unpacking those as a church over the next three weeks. So I will touch on them, but we'll be going into those more deeply in the next three weeks. So motivational gifts, if you turn in your Bibles, if you've got one, I'm going to just read them to you. And what we find out about gifts in Romans chapter 12, it says this from verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function... So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. It goes on to say, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Just there in Romans 12, we find the motivational gifts. And the reason why they're motivational is because they're all about encouraging, building up, getting alongside one another. And when you look at those gifts, every single person sitting in this room can function in a Romans 12 gift. Every single person here, even if you don't go to church, even if 
if you haven't said yes to Jesus and you wouldn't class yourself as a Christian, there will be something there that you think, actually, I am quite a kind person. Actually, I am someone that likes to encourage others. Actually, I really like serving. Some of you are thinking, well, how can, how can that be a special gift that God gives me? You see, when we have Jesus in our lives, when we've asked him to come into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. And when the Holy Spirit is within us, he enables us to be even more encouraging, to be even more kind, to be even more giving. So when you look at these gifts this morning, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, kindness, goes on to talk about hospitality and serving others and actually just being loving. This morning, every single one of us, whether you've been coming to church for years, whether you've just turned up this morning, we can all be more loving. We can all be more kind. We can all choose to be more encouraging. And for some people, he will give a specific Romans 12 gift. And you think, you know, we have those people in your life and we have them in our church. And you think they are really, really generous. They are the most generous people I've ever met. Sometimes God will put a specific gift upon someone to be particularly generous, to be particularly giving, to be particularly kind. But these motivational gifts are gifts that we can all operate in. So this morning, if you're thinking, well, I don't really know where to start with spiritual gifts, or I don't even know where to look, start off in Romans 12, because there'll be something in Romans 12 that you think, do you know what? I think I could develop that in my life. I think I could ask God for more of that within me. Then you go on to Ephesians 4, which many of you, um, if you've been going to church for a while, will be aware of this. The ministry gifts that we find in Ephesians 4. Now, these are gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. One of the things I didn't tell you about myself is I'm a primary school teacher by trade, so I really apologize. In the next 10 minutes, I do go a little bit illustrative on you, but I figured it's one of those Sundays when you don't want to fall asleep, and if you've never been to church before, just go with me. But can you just show me your hand? Everyone show me your hand. In fact, give someone a high five if you're happy doing that. Um, someone in the row or in your family bubbles, we would have had to say a couple of months ago. <laughs> um, Everyone has a hand, so show me your hand. Okay, can you stick your thumbs up? I never usually say that at church. Thumbs up, everybody. It's a thumbs up Sunday today. Okay, you might remember this. I did do this about... Uh, keep your thumbs up. I'm waiting. I'm watching, I'm watching. Thumbs up. I did do this about two years ago, but it's a really good illustration. I just want to recap and remember. So, thumb up. The thumb on your hand holds the rest of your fingers and your hand together. And that represents the apostle. The apostle is someone who has a gift of leadership, works with the other gifts, and holds them all together. In the Bible, Paul is a great example of an apostle. Okay, keep your hand up, ready, because you've got the next one coming. Right, now, I don't usually say this either, but can you just show me a pointer? You can actually point at someone at church this morning. Not normally, we don't like the pointy finger, but the pointer, it brings direction and emphasis. This represents the prophet, so direction and emphasis, the one who points us who, to God's will and his purpose in our lives. That's what a prophet does. Okay, then you have your middle finger. It's the longest finger on your hand. Keep the rest of your fingers up for that one. And um, that one is the evangelist. So <laughs> reaches the furthest, and your tallest finger 
<laughs> sorry. But <laughs> that would have been a bit awkward, so I had to say it, and I'm sorry if anyone got offended about that, but it was important. So the tallest finger is the evangelist. That reaches the furthest. It goes outside the church into the world. That's what our evangelist does. Your ring finger, if you're married, you have made a commitment to someone. It's all about relationship. The ring finger represents the pastor. It's a relationship orientated gift and it desires to care and support for others and then you've got your small finger your pinky as we like to call it and Naomi's just developed the ability to have a drink and put a pinky outside she thinks that's a very funny thing to do the small finger provides base and support and balance it's the foundation so that nothing can slip out of grip and that's the role of the teacher they bring balance and foundation to the church through the word of God, and they don't allow the truth to slip out. Now, you might not remember all the details of that. You might remember some of it this morning, but when you look at your hand and you represent those gifts within those fingers that you have right in front of you, that's the gifts, the Ephesian Fools gifts in a nutshell. All of these ministries that we just talked about, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. You see, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor, it's not that they've got special gifts. I don't stand here this morning going, just because I'm at the front, because I'm a pastor, because I'm teaching you this morning, there's nothing special about me, but it's what God has put within me through the power of the Holy Spirit, not for my own benefit. If I'm honest, I wouldn't want to be stood in front of 100 people this morning speaking. In the natural, it's my least favorite thing to do. But because God has given me that gift, he's given me the confidence, the boldness, and the bravery at times to get up and to speak his word. But it's not for my benefit. It's to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Why? So we can go out and be his witnesses. We're going to go on to the manifestation gifts this morning. Manifestation is one of those words, mm, that's a bit of a big word, what does it mean? Um, it's the outward demonstration of something going on on the inside. If you like a bit of Greek, the word, word is phanerosis, and it's the outward demonstration of something going on on the inside. So just like the light, which shines from a light bulb, is the outward evidence of electricity working within it, so the spiritual gifts are the outward display of the Holy Spirit working within us. So just for a moment, if you're sitting here thinking, hang on a minute, going a bit fast and I don't quite understand all of this. Have you ever met somebody who maybe you thought they were like the grumpiest person in the world? <laughs> anyone know anyone grumpy people? Uh, don't look too close if you're sitting next to your husband this morning <laughs> um, or anyone else for that matter. Don't look around the room. It's not a good time to do that. Um, but Sometimes you can meet someone and you think they are the grumpiest person in the world. And um, I can remember not that long ago when I was teaching in a school and I had a colleague who was just a really, really hard work. And I would just go into work every morning to my classroom and I knew that she was in the classroom next door and I'd just be thinking, oh no, what am I going to do today? God, you really are going to have to help me. <laughs> but you know, something happened within me because I had to make a choice every single day to speak something really positive to this person because if I didn't do that I got grumpier and I found it much harder to get on with my job and do what God had told me to do so every day despite what she said or did 
I'd go in and say, what have you been doing today, Bev? Isn't it a great day? What's gone well? Da, 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 da. Or you look nice today. Even if it was just something I had to make up, I would go in and I chose every day to say, God, would you use my words, use what I'm saying to demonstrate to her your love? And you know, it took months. It wasn't like an instant fix. But by the second term of us working next door to each other, she started to come into my room and say, oh, good morning. Did you have a good weekend? Whoa, whoa. Um, so I just, you know, gently carried on. We got to the point where by the end of the term, by the end of the year, she would come in, have a chat with me, tell me about what was going on in her life. In the natural, nothing within me wanted to really have a conversation with her at the beginning of that school year. But because the Holy Spirit was working within me, because there was an outward demonstration of what was going on on the inside, something began to change in our friendship and relationship. You know, that happens to people when they, get, when they become Christians. There's something that changes visibly in a person. Sometimes they might become calmer, where they've been really angry before. Sometimes it might be that they're just really generous and they want to spend time and give out to people. It might be sometimes somebody that just would always be very negative suddenly becomes very encouraging. Over a period of time, the Holy Spirit begins to work within their lives. And that's what happens when you look at the outward demonstration of something going on on the inside. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to find out more about the Holy Spirit and the gifts, keep coming to church the next three weeks. Even if you're here and you're thinking, I don't even know much about God, but this is all quite interesting. Just keep coming and following the series because we're going to unpack this more and more over the next three weeks. Because we get to the spiritual gifts, and these are the gifts we're going to be looking at over the next three weeks as a church. We find them in 1 Corinthians 12. And they are the gifts of knowledge, wisdom, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, faith, healing, and miracles. We are a Pentecostal church, and we're proud of our Pentecostal heritage this morning. You might have come to church and you thought you might have been sitting quietly in a seat, but we are a church that loves to celebrate. We are a church that gets excited. We are a church that claps and sings and parties. And um, I hope that it hasn't been too daunting. If you're here for the first time, you're probably thinking, what have I walked into? But we like to have tea when we come into church. We like to have a chat. We like to be a family together who come together to worship God because we are a church who are Pentecostal. When we talk about a Pentecostal church, the difference between us and maybe a Baptist church or a Church of England church is that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit has ability to heal, to see miracles happen, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation where people can speak and, and in an instant somebody's situation might change because of a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a word of prophecy. And so over the next three weeks, as a church, we're going to be looking at the gifts in three sections. We're going to look at the revelation gifts, the words of wisdom, the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits, the gifts that bring light to what is hidden. They give insight into special thoughts and intentions of God. We're going to be looking at the power gifts, faith, gift of healings, and the working of miracles. These gifts demonstrate God's power visibly, and they convey God's grace visually. We're going to be looking at the speaking gifts, speaking in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. These gifts communicate audibly, and in all of these, we can see that God uses different means of communication to pass his grace on to us. You see, God knows the way that me and you are wired up. He knows what works for Sue won't work for the other Sue. <laughs> but what, no, 
what might make Natalie tick might not make what Gareth ticks. He knows that Colin is very different to Sophie over there. He knows that James and Rob have got very different gifts and talents. But God chooses to give us specific gifts because he wants to equip his church to be able to be his witnesses. And all he's looking for us as his people is to be ready and to be open and to say, God, I want to receive your gifts this morning. We can celebrate that today. So I don't know if you noticed, but um, I gave you a gift this morning, a gift of chocolate. Who enjoyed their little chocolate on their chair today? You see, Gareth Mosley organised a gift of chocolate last week in the form of Easter egg. Today, I've given you the gift of chocolate in the form of a celebrations chocolate. Now, I find it very interesting, you see, because as I'm looking around the room, some of you have picked up your chocolate and you're like, wow. She said she's given me the gift of chocolate, so I'm just going to eat it now. Some of you, Lois Brown, I can see you. It's fine. You can eat it. Enjoy it. You go for it, Lois. No, I haven't said you can't. You see, we all respond to gifts differently. Some of you have gone, and am I all right going down here a minute? Some of you have gone, and you've picked your chocolate up, and like Gareth, who likes a good chocolate, he's um, already eaten it because he just dived straight in. Nigel Brown, you're the same, aren't you? Um, some of you, like Lois, I've just said I've given you the gift of chocolate and you've gone to eat it and then you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have and put it back down again. <laughs> some of you, and I'm a bit sad if this has happened to you, so I'm really sorry there are some more chocolates at the back table. Some of you have gone, where's my chocolate? I can't find it. It's not there. Some of you saw the chocolate on your chair and you thought, I'm on a diet, I'll just put it on the next chair and hope nobody, you know, notices that I've not got a chocolate on my chair. Some of you have just ignored the chocolate completely because you're in church and you don't eat chocolate in church, so you just thought, I'll save that. And some of you have shoved it in your handbag for later. Okay, so, why am I saying all these things? It's exactly what we do with the gifts that God wants to give us. Some of us, like Lois Brown, will jump in, grab the chocolate, be ready to eat it, and then we go, oh, maybe I'm not meant to do that. And you put it back down on your chair. Some of you, God will give you a gift to use in church. He might give you one of those spiritual gifts. And you're thinking, oh, I can't do that. I'm just going to shove it in my handbag. I'm just going to tuck it away. I'm not going to use that gift. I'm just going to have that gift for myself. I know that God's working in me. I know he's given me that gift. But I'm just going to keep it by there. Some of you are like, I don't want the chocolate. I'm just going to put it on the chair next to me. Other people are looking around going, I can't find my chocolate. I don't know which one I'm meant to pick up. Is there one for me? Yes, there is. Because God has got a gift for each and every person in this room. And all he wants us to do is to discover the gifts that he has for us. So whether you've already eaten your chocolate and you've dived straight in and you're already thinking, yes, I've got my Maltese of chocolate that I wanted. Some of you as well, you're looking at your chair thinking, well, I've got a bounty and I don't like bounty. <laughs> You see, there are some times that God will give you a gift to use, and you're thinking, well, I didn't want that one. I wanted that one that other person's got. But God will give you specific gifts, and there are times in our lives that God will give us gifts to use for specific situations. There are other times that God will put an anointing and a gift on you that will be the gift that will be right through your lifetime. But whatever gift God gives you to use, why is he giving it to you? To equip 
God's people to do his work and to shine a light in the darkness, to be people that speak hope and life, to see hearts revived, hope restored, and lives rebuilt in our community and beyond. So my question today is, are you ready to use your gifts? The purpose, I, ha- I love that, yes, let's try that again. Are we ready to use our gifts this morning? Yes. If you don't know what your gifts are, are you ready to discover them over the next few weeks? Yes. Oh, that wasn't so enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> And this morning, if you haven't got a clue what your gift is, are you open enough to say, God, here I am. Show me what it is. Fantastic. Go for it, John. The purpose of the spiritual gifts are for evangelism. They're to encourage and equip. They're to bring unity. And they are to demonstrate God's love. I'm moving on a little bit quicker now because it is nearly time for us to do the membership part of our morning. But I just want to read this to you from 1 Corinthians 13 something really powerful as you look at the gifts and the fact that they're not actually for our own benefit, they're for the benefit of others. It says this in 1 Corinthians 13, a famous passage that if we were having a wedding, you might have heard this before, it says this, if I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gang, black gong, gang gong, 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 a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I don't want to be a noisy gong this morning. Do you? If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. When full understanding comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, as in a cloudy mirror. But when we will see everything, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You see, this morning, I've talked a lot about gifts. I've talked a lot about the different gifts that we find in the Bible. But ultimately, the greatest gift that we can receive this morning is the love of God. The greatest gift that we can discover in our lives this morning is God's love for us. His love that is unconditional. His love that is patient, that is kind. His love that brings hope beyond what we can ever imagine. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Let love be your highest goal. 
I hope this morning, if you're visiting, if you never normally go to church, that what you've felt this morning is love. I know that we are a family church. We love to celebrate. We love to share time together. But the greatest gift that you can receive this morning is the love of God. God's love for you is unconditional. We don't have to buy his love. We don't have to do anything to receive his love. We don't have to be open and say, God, would you allow your love to come into my heart? That I might know forgiveness for the things I've done wrong. And making a choice and saying, God, I want you to come into my life and be part of everything that I do. I want to discover more about you. I want to know that you are with me, and I want to know your plans and purposes for my life. For every person here who would normally come to church and that has made that decision, there was a day when you said yes to Jesus. There was a day when you said, I'm not going to live the way I lived before. I'm going to choose to live for Christ. I'm going to choose to make a decision to become a Christian. It's not just a name tag. You know, when people come into membership this morning, it's not just a club that we all belong to. It's because we love Jesus. It's because we know what Jesus has done for us, that he died on the cross for us, that he took away our sin. But as we've just celebrated over Easter weekend, he died, but he came back to life again. And he has come to give us life and life in all its fullness. So this morning, if you come in and you thought, actually, I don't normally come to church because that's not for me. I don't normally spend time with Christians. Do you know what? God's brought you here today. Maybe for some of you, because of Jack and Meg um, being dedicating Jonah and, and their incredible testimony and their witness to you as a family. For others, you might just have turned up today thinking, I don't know what's happening in this place, but I'd quite like a bit of it because it's quite exciting. You know, all that God wants you to do this morning is to have an open heart and allow him to come and fill you with his love. Allow him to come and fill you with his Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want to encourage you this morning to think about these words. And as I pray them, you might want to pray them in your heart this morning as well. Let's just spend a few moments in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I am so sorry for the things that I have done wrong in my life. You might want to take a few moments this morning and just ask God to forgive you for anything that comes to your mind. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.